Welcome to another episode of The Property Management Show, a podcast brought to you by Foreign Taft Marketing Agency for Property Managers. We are joined today by Jordan Bennett, who used to work at the Federal Reserve and is now the Senior Director of Network Risk Management at a nonprofit organization called NACHA. So what is NACHA and why should property managers care? Keep listening to find out. This is NACHA Typical Podcast episode. This episode is sponsored by NACHA. Their accreditation program, NACHA Certified, helps payment providers, including property managers, understand their responsibilities in the ACH network. Set your business apart from the competition by becoming NACHA Certified today. Visit nachacertified.org to learn more. That's N-A-C-H-A certified.org to learn more. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us today at the Property Management Show. So, you know, to start things off, um, you know, Jordan, I know that you're from NACHA, which stands for National Automated Clearinghouse Association. That's a mouthful, but embedded within that name is the term automated clearinghouse, otherwise known as ACH. So given that concept, can you share with our audience a bit more about what this association is and what it's for? Sure. So we are the association that manages the ACH network. We make the rules and we help uh, reach out and educate all participants in the rules. So as property managers, you guys, if you're collecting rents on behalf of tenants and paying them out to the landlords, you're a participant in the ACH network. So uh, as a participant, you've got to know what to do and, and what your responsibilities are. And we're here to help you with that. Trying to define roles and uh, just kind of make sure everybody's happy and all payments go exactly where they're supposed to go. Awesome. And so given that, um, you know, it's an association, like what, what does it mean to be like an association related to like online payments? Is it, I mean, what comes to mind is like, it's a group of banks or, you know, financial Mm -hmm. institutions. So we actually have uh, most many financial institutions are our direct members and we reach out to all of the other financial institutions through the payments associations which there are smaller ones some based right there where you are in california there's one called west bay it's based out of san francisco and they help reach out the banks that we don't necessarily reach out to but the rules are written uh, so we generally speak directly to the financial institutions and third-party senders which generally speaking, is the category that a payments provider or that a a property management payments provider is going to fall into, they don't have a direct link to us most of the time. So uh, we help the banks help manage property managers, and we want to make sure that, um, you know, as an association, we're making rules that benefit everybody within the system and then everybody knows exactly what's expected of them. Uh, we, we take input from uh, everybody within the system if there needs to be a rule change, and we try to make sure that the payments system is flowing as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and that we're also helping reduce fraud on the network. That doesn't benefit anybody when there's fraud. It reduces trust not only in the people in, in, involved, but also on the payments network itself. So uh, we want to keep the payments network as trusted as possible. So um, 
you mentioned uh, rules, right? So you make, make rules to make sure that money is yeah. flowing properly. Can you give us some examples of what kind of rules um, and, and are there specific rules for property management or I mean, it's money, right? Sure. So, <laughs> Well, and it's all on the ACS network. We don't yeah. manage visa. We don't manage the wire system, right? Okay. But we're, we're private sector. We have this giant book here. Wow. <laughs> no, it's pretty thick. <laughs> it's all the rules. I'll read that now, tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually only about the, the first maybe third of it are the rules. The rest of it's guidance. Wow. And but that's still there. I mean, that's good. It so. is. It's really a, kind of an interpretation of the rules. And it mm -hmm. says, all right, the first part is the rules and kind of breaking it down and, and what it really means for you. We actually have a section on uh, property managers and how they're defined in the rule book. So it is, uh, it's definitely something that if the property manager is the one that is creating those ACH files and sending them on, it's something you need to know about. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, as property managers, you're doing so many things and wearing so many hats, but you're also a payments provider or what's called a third party sender on the ACH network. That's how we define you. If you're the one that is uh, originating those payments and it, uh, the money comes to you, and then you pay the landlord uh, using your own financial institution. You are a third-party sender. So uh, we just want to make sure that you, as third-party senders, know what you're supposed to do with the rules and that you're using those protections for you and for your clients. Yeah, so um, I have a, a question regarding like sure. the rule book and um, you know property managers being involved as like a third party sender. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of payments is like property managers have property management softwares that take care of mm -hmm. their accounting. They typically take care of the rent payments and, you know, takes care of the disbursements most, most of the time. And so um, on that aspect, like how come property managers should even care or why are even, why are they even part of the equation um, of as like a third party sender in not just rule book and why do they have to adhere to regulation if they're just using other services to do sure. the stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. well many of them are we have a, what's called a third party service provider and you really need to know what you are what what your role is as a property manager so uh, if you're using a, a service provider that software that property manager software is helping you take the information, the account number, the routing number from your tenants, and it's collecting it along with the payment information. And uh, if you send that on to your bank, then you are the third party sender. But if you're not involved, if your bank account, your company bank account as a property manager is not involved, that software is the third party sender. And there are organizations in your, in your industry that take you out. So you're not a uh, third party center, but those softwares are. But again, if, it, if the money moves into your bank account as a company, and then you use that bank account to pay you, the other side of the equation, which is the landlord, you're definitely a third party sender. Mm -hmm. So you need to know the rules and regulations. And if you're using a third party sender software or another company, it's important that that company knows what they're doing because if there's a problem there, you too could run into trouble because you're the one really uh, helping that company collect the information to pay that rent and so, to pay that landlord. 
One situation might be maybe security deposits because those typically go in trust accounts and the trust accounts are usually in the property management company's name, I believe. I could, I could, I could be wrong. I just do sure. marketing for well, property managers. Uh, but <laughs> We're talking more of the payments in flow. So, so monthly things. Yeah. Monthly things. Because and, and those are going to be the more risky items, things that happen regularly. Sure. And, and the money that's sitting in the security deposit as it's on its way to, right. um, what's the, I forget, there's a term you guys use, in escrow, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an escrow account, right? It's not really controlled by mm -hmm. either party. You know, it's the flow to and from uh, mm -hmm. that is the payment flow that we're more concerned with rather than when it's at rest in an account. Yeah. What are some things that can happen in the process of flowing the money? Sure. Well, one prime example, and, and just before we got on the call, I, I did a Google search to see how often it really happens. Uh, one problem with property managers and, and, and rents, depending on what time of the month, is if you've, if you've paid your rent, and only half of that equation has completed before the property manager declares bankruptcy, uh, it could be a major issue. We had a, a big case a number of years ago, usually it's smaller cases, but if hundreds of people end up paying their rent to the property manager, the property manager goes bankrupt, those funds are then held. There, there's different bankruptcy laws that hold those funds, and if that happens before the rent is actually paid to the landlord, there's a lot of upset people. Our mm -hmm. rules do protect uh, by what's called a, I've got the page open here. It is a uh, incomplete transaction. So we've got a whole page on it. And you are protected as a consumer, but it's a, it's, you know, it's gonna, cause a lot of heartbreak and, and commotion, you know, over those few days while you're trying to figure it out. And consumers don't necessarily know the ACH network. They don't know uh, exactly how to request that, even though they're protected, they have to go into their bank and say, I paid my landlord, but my landlord didn't get paid and they've got to figure it all out. And even though they're protected, it, it is going to be somewhat of a, a complication for that tenant, as well as the landlord who's not going to get their money until the payment goes through another channel, which is not going to be that property manager who went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is very unfortunate when, you know, like a company has to go through bankruptcy and it doesn't make it easier if there are complications that happen like that in terms of timing. Um, and so like, that's one like good example of what could happen. Um, well, you, if, yeah. Sorry, Marie. I was just gonna say, you think about it too, from, if we think of it from, um, an owner or a, an owner's perspective, if they've gone through that before, where they've worked with a property management company that went bankrupt and they might be looking for a different property management company to work with, that's probably, yeah. that's going to be a pain point for them. They don't want to have to deal with these issues again. So being um, accredited by something like NACHA, NACHA, am I saying it right? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is NACHA, yes. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, would probably look appealing in, in a situation like that. Sorry, back to you, Marie. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it, it's fine. So I was just commenting how like, um, that's like one example. Do you have other stories um, of situations where um, maybe it's an honest mistake, um, the property manager didn't know they were a third party sender and they had mm -hmm. to adhere to certain rules and something happened that affected them? Well, you know, we often have cases of fraud, right? And uh, 
it's never fun, you know, and, uh, but if you're not following good uh, quality control, good processes and procedures, your organization can be, can be hit. You know, if you've got a, a fraudster that calls in and says, uh, hey, my name is uh, Jordan Bennett, even though this person is clearly not me, they said, I went ahead and changed my bank account number, my routing number, and this happens more often than you would like. They call in, they're just fishing for information, but they say, I've changed my information, would you go ahead and change my account number for me? And then, you know, you as the property manager, go ahead and change that account number. And you think you're doing a great uh, customer service, right? And what you did is you just changed your landlord's account number to a fraudster's account number. So when all of their payments come in, they're going to somebody else. And that responsibility, that wasn't the landlord that did it. That's you as a third-party sender who's going to be out of all of that. So fraudsters are always trying to get any way they can. You know, it's usually it's not technical. It's something easy like that. Mm-hmm. where the property management should have said, sure, uh, Mr. Bennett, that's fine. What I'm going to do is I've got a number on file, and I'm going to call back that same, the same number I have on file. Would you, would you hold on a minute and answer your phone then? And had they done that, and they would have called me and said, uh, you told us to change your bank account number. Is that correct? And I would have said, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. And so just you know, having good risk management and compliance processes and procedures in place really can help out property managers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like honest mistakes like that, like for example, if, you know, a property management company has a client who routinely calls, right? Um, it's so technology is a wonderful thing, but unfortunately when given to the hands of bad people, they can be really creative. It's so easy to mask numbers now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that, you know, fraud with the email, when emails are being intercepted, account numbers are changed, numbers have changed, are really common now. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's really interesting how like, um, as you said, property managers wear so many hats. This is one aspect that um, we don't really know how much time and training uh, property managers have. And so um, sure. since we're talking about kind of like, you know, rule setting and certification, um, I feel like for our listeners who maybe are having trouble wrapping their head around like this concept, like NACHA and like, okay, they make rules and um, what what's in it for me. Uh, I think a good kind of parallel to, to use is uh, NARPM, right? So NARPM okay. is the national association of property managers, residential property managers. And um, you know, they're the ones who set like a, a code of ethics and it is optional to join NARPM, mm-hmm. but we highly recommend it. Shout out NARPM. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're part of the organization, um, you know, that you are getting the, the, you know, up-to-date information regarding the best practices, the laws that affect the industry, and the more people join NARPM, right? The more people, the more fraudsters or, you know, um, the more property managers who may not be following um, the code of ethics um, look more bad. Because if everyone else is like, hey, I'm a NARPM member, um, if an if owners, if, um, you know, helps expose them. Exactly. If, mm-hmm. if consumers are educated to look for, let's say the NARPA badge, then they become skeptical of maybe newcomers who are just trying to do a bad job. And I feel like, uh, the parallel is, you know, NACHA is NARPA for the payments industry. Did I get that right? 
Well, kind of. We do have a certification program, and, and I do run the certification program. It is separate from our main job as the rulemaking body, but it is a, really an education program for third-party centers, including property managers. It's called NACHA Certified. And with this, we've really laid out the compliance expectations for you guys as a third-party center. We, we're trying to help and uh, make sure that you're you're doing what you what you should be doing, and it's you know we don't look at it as uh, you're doing it because you're doing something uh, that is not quite right or uh, 100% you know not there because you you don't want to. Most people really want to do what what they're supposed to, but as a third party sender, in the past you haven't really had a, a connection or a place to go look. We have all of the regulations in our industry. We have the NACHA rule book. We have all of these places to look and, and figure out what you're supposed to do. So we put it all together into one document. And that document can be found at notchacertified.org. And uh, even if you decide, you know what, I, I don't want to be NACHA certified, but I want to make sure that I'm running a good operation here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what's expected, like getting an audit. A lot of folks don't know, as a third-party sender, you're supposed to have an audit of the NACHA rules. You're also supposed to have a risk assessment. And a risk assessment is real simple in concept, and it's something that you don't have to pay an outside person to do. It's something that as a, a property manager, you can say, all right, well, what are my risks? You know, and then you, uh, as you're creating this file, for example, and you send it on, uh, and you're making any changes, and right now, let's say you don't have dual controls on it. You know, you then, Say, well, this is a risk. Let me put a control in there. And that's dual controls. That's anytime something has changed, uh -huh. I'm going to have both Marie and Brittany, you know, look at it, make sure that it's correct. And then I'm going to send it on to the bank. That way, Marie doesn't have the ability to edit a file on her own and, you know, benefit herself uh, at the expense of our company, right. right? So dual controls are really a protection that's in place, even though we know Marie and, and Brittany are both good people and they wouldn't do that. It's just something a little bit extra to go and say, you know what, they can't do that because it's just a financial control. So um, not just certified, list out a lot of the different things that you should do, uh, in, including that risk assessment and uh, following everything in there. You, you, you should be able to protect yourself. And that's, that's really the goal, to make sure that uh, you're seen as a good company and that you're doing good business and, and you really know what you're supposed to be doing in the ACH network. So on, on top of um, kind of going through like a risk assessment, so it, it sounds a lot like you look at how like money or ACH is being handled in your organization and um, this rule book or these guidelines kind of um, help you identify any holes that there may be and kind of patch Absolutely. them up. Yeah, um, that's what a risk assessment's for. Yeah, and then so like from, that's from the ACH standpoint, but like does that in any way affect other parts of the business? Like mm. um, is that something you can bring to a bank and kind of improve your relationship or is that something that you can give to an auditor like a state? Because I know property managers um, are being audited too, right? Routinely, sure. uh, state and federal level. So if sometimes property management companies feel the need that they need to get state money transmitter licenses, if you're getting a state money transmitter license, it is very likely you're going to be a third-party sender in our network. And helping, uh, helping you prepare for that state money transmitter license and that audit 
uh, not just certified is going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to get all of your ducks in a row. And uh, from what we've talked to, some of the companies that have gone through not just certified, our uh, the review process we have we have is a little bit more difficult than the different states. The the different states are all going to be slightly different. There's 49 states that require money transmitter licenses. And uh, they're all gonna be a little bit different, but they all wanna make sure that you're doing your money sending in the, in the best possible way and you're protecting the consumer. And, and that really is what it's all about is protecting that consumer. Yeah, and it seems like protecting the consumer protects your credibility too, and the industry's credibility too. Oh, absolutely. When, when a, uh, a, a bad guy in the property management company makes the news, it makes, makes you guys look bad. And if they're doing it with payments, it makes us look bad. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that uh, people's trust in the ACH network, and as well as the property management uh, business, is as high as it can be. People are expecting to get a quality service in, in property management, and they're expecting their money to go where they expect it to go and to stay where they want it to stay without, without fraud or something else happening. And that's what, you know, you guys and we are trying to do. It's also interesting because it's something you don't think about. I feel like I wouldn't necessarily think of it firsthand and maybe, maybe property managers do. Um, but it goes back to the question you asked earlier about the software too. It's like, how do you know? Um, how do you know which software? So yeah, there are exactly. software companies out there and you need to look, what, look for one, a payments processor that is NACHA certified. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website, nachacertified.org. And you can see uh, right now we have nine companies who are not just certified. We're looking to add to that list. Some of them do payments processing for, uh, for rental properties and for property cool. managers. So you can find them right online. And uh, it's just a, a good thing to look for. You know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and then they're protecting your customer as well as you. Yeah. And I mean, from a marketing perspective, I kind of touched on this earlier too, but I think it's really great if you're trying to advertise your credibility as a property manager to get NACHA certified and be able to advertise that to prospective clients um, that may have been burnt in the past, may not have been burnt in the past, but it's just another way to solidify that you are a trusted business person that can manage all of the funds that you are managing. Yeah, that's 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 the goal. So Notcha Certified is, is really there to establish trust in the network. You can uh, take it to your bank if you're looking for a new banking partner. Uh, banks do have to do their own due diligence, so it's not a replacement for their due diligence, but banks are often reluctant to take on third-party centers because of the, the business model that it entails, and uh, this can give them a little bit more trust. Hey, it's not just my due diligence. Notch has also looked at this third-party center. They're a good company, uh, and they're doing uh, the risk and compliance things that they should be doing to protect themselves and their customers. So it's kind of like if you have a Notch certification, um, implicit in that is you've already checked these the certain set of boxes. So if you take it to a bank, they understand, oh, Notch certified means mm-hmm. you're already um, have been reviewed by Nacha, which means you check these boxes. So mm-hmm. then I'm not going to give them as hard a time or I don't need, you know, as much. Um, or you're willing to put it. them through your process. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know, they still need to do their own due diligence, mm-hmm. but it means that they know that they've already met our criteria. Our criteria are publicly available. 
They're right there on our website, NACHACertified.org. They're downloaded. And, and again, I was mentioning to you earlier how it's from all over. It's from the regulators. It's from the FFIC. It's from our rule book. You know, everything's been taken into one place. So the, the document is about 40 pages long. So it is a little bit overwhelming when you first look at it. But it's so much better than having to go and look all over the place and not really know what you're supposed to be doing. So that, that criteria really lets you know, all right, I thought I knew, now I know. So I'm doing the right things to protect my consumer. I'm assessing my risk, I'm controlling my risk, and I'm putting the policies in place that are gonna make sure that not only am I not committing fraud, but that I'm not gonna be used by somebody else to commit fraud. I'm gonna be able to look for uh, different uh, things like unauthorized returns and invalid returns. I've got those procedures in place to make sure that my company is not a, a vessel for fraud and that I'm doing my best. That's great. And so if people want to see the 40 page, um, 40 page guideline booklet or um, understand what it takes to get NACHA mm -hmm. certified as a property management company, where can they go? It's just simple. It's, uh, it's nachacertified.org. It, uh, it goes to our website at NACHA. It's, it's not a huge website, but there it's very informative. It gives you that criteria document, and it also provides the list of people that are NACHA certified. We have Great. had instances where people try to use our logo before mm -hmm. and uh, make that claim because it does mean something. We've had to tell them, no, no, that's, that's not something you can do. <laughs> so you can always check by going to our website and verify that somebody is NACHA certified. Cool. And we'll link that in the description for sure. Oh, cool. um, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, any final takeaways um, that you just want to make sure you leave the audience with, property managers with, ACH, oh. NACHA? <laughs> so, <laughs> if you have questions, you can always give us a call. Talk to your bank. You know, everybody wants to make sure that payments are, are, are flowing, they're flowing correctly, and that everybody, every participant, has expectations and they're meeting those expectations. And that way we have the least fraud on the ACH network uh, at the least and the most trusted network that there is. So uh, we wanna make sure that people know that when they send a payment uh, to their landlord, that their landlord's gonna get it and that there's not gonna be anything funny happening in the middle. So we want you to be trusted, we wanna be trusted and all by knowing what we're supposed to do, that's how it gets done. So awesome. please feel to reach out to me. It's uh, just jbennett at nacha.org. And if you'd include that as well, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much, Jordan. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.